0: I grew up in uh, around the Maroubra area, and I have this one bloke. He became a best friend eventually, um, just through church. His name was Roy. He was a scruffy character. He was just a scruffy character from Maroubra, and this guy was just—he uh, was just all over the shop. I loved him. Um, didn't like? Didn't? He just stayed at uni for like 15 years. Um, just had an old Land Rover that just broke down all the time. But he paid like 20 grand for it. I don't know how that worked. But his love life was awesome, because nothing ever happened, okay? But he hit 25, and this girl walked into the church, he was like, Pink! she's the one man, all right? And so he, he, you know, he was on the tune, he actually got her. she's beautiful, he's batting way above his average, it's what all of guys do, and we love doing that. And uh, but it got to the point where she moved to New Zealand, but he, he kept seeing her, and he got to the point, he goes, I wanna marry her. So he goes to New Zealand, and now New Zealand is cold. It was wintertime. She'd never been snowboarding. He goes, oh, I've got it. And he had all, for the first time, the bloke had planned something. He, he planned out his proposal to a T. So he goes, I'm going to take her up the mountain, all right, and right at the top, we're going to just snowboard beautifully down together, give her a beautiful experience snowboarding, get to the bottom, go up the top again, boom, shakalaka, propose, put a ring on her glove somehow. All right, so he's going to do that. <laughs> So he does it, they get there, she's excited, never been to the snow before, a little bit worried about how she'll go, but that's okay, he's pumped, he knows what's coming, she has no idea. All right, they get to the top of the chairlift, but snowboarders, you know, you do that awkward thing on the chairlift, and she, and she, she went down instantly, and she went, oh, my neck, and he, his first reaction wasn't like, oh, are you okay, he goes, fire out. Get up, gets her up, she's like, my neck hurts, he goes, that's cool, we'll just do one run. All right, she goes down, like she clips in, somehow gets up, her neck is on fire, she says. She's going down the mountain, whoosh, hits an edge. She goes, oh, my tailbone. And he goes, far out, get up, all right? Just helps her up. Her tailbone is now on fire, her neck is on fire, she's super sore, she's still got like a K to go. She gets up, brave. gets up, goes a metre, Elbow. This time, she didn't get back up, and she's down. She's out. All right. She goes, my elbow's on fire, my backbone or whatever's on fire, my neck is on fire, and eventually, he was like, "Stay there." And they had to get that little, you know, that that little sled that you have to go down for the injured people. Do you know what I mean? He went right down the bottom. No proposal. His plan was ruined. A week later, he goes, "I love the beach. I'm going to take her to a New Zealand beach." Didn't plan it well enough. Planned it enough, which is good for him, but apparently, but the road he took her on, one, it wasn't a two-minute drive, it turned out to be half an hour, in the car, on a dirt road the whole time. Gets there, gets to the beach, it's onshore, it's freezing. She goes, can I have a doona? He goes, yeah, all right. He goes, hey, do you want to marry me? She goes, good, let's go home. <laughs> he was spewing, because he had, he made, first time ever he made plans, and they just went wrong. Don't you hate it when you think you've got things mapped out? Do you know what I mean? I go, I actually think I've got control of this one. I actually do. And this is pretty normal. Don't you reckon? Even last night, I go, I've got one more hour to prepare my sermon, got home, tap leaked all over my wooden floor. Life's unpredictable, man. No matter how much you plan it, you go, I'm going to go to work, I'll give myself an hour, you hit traffic, takes an hour ten. You rely on your friends, sometimes they let you down, yeah? You think this is the man or this is the woman I'm going to marry, doesn't work out. I thought I had that, I made the plan. The weather, have you ever tried to like do a date and the weather stuffs you around? The economy, how stuffed are we living in Sydney (laughs) to try and buy a property right now? Didn't plan on that one five years ago, I thought I'll do it in five years now, I can't. The, The house dream is over, apartment at best. Sometimes, the plan goes so bad where you think everything's good. (laughs) Phone call. Hi, it's the hospital, need to come quick. Plans, (laughs) out the window. People walking in Paris a week ago, planning to have a nice lunch, breakfast, dinner. unpredictable. This Ecclesiastes bloke, this preacher that we've been looking at, I love this guy because he doesn't beat around the bush. He gets it. Everything that we just read in verses one to six, he says things like, it doesn't matter what I do. If I'm good, if I'm bad, time and chance happens to us all. I thought, if I'm good, I'll get good maybe. Or if I'm bad, give the person the bad. But not all this time and chance. Where's the predictability? There is no control in life. And you know what? It doesn't matter what I do, there's this one big enemy that gets us all named death. And you stuff it, what's the point? And what is the point? If life's this unpredictable, why bother planning? Why bother living? Why? I want to ask this question because I was really moved by, Viv, I don't know you, I only just met you on stage just then, and I'm still chewing things in my head and my heart to see you get up there, but that is a story of unpredictability, and this guy resonates with it, and he gives us an answer, and we're gonna look at that today. And this is our question. How should I live in this fleeting, unpredictable world? How do I do it? How should I live in this fleeting, unpredictable world? I'm just gonna pray quickly because I reckon we all need help, we need God to turn up. Father, help us to pause right now, to sit in the moment right now, not be worried about what's for lunch or work tomorrow. or What happened last night but that you'll come and arrive right now and you'll give us answers to our burning, deep questions. May your spirit turn up and please use me so that people walk out of here thinking of you. Amen. All right, how are we gonna answer that? Okay, there is an answer in this passage. I'm gonna just do things in two categories today. The first one I'm gonna look at is how do we live? How do we live in a fleeting, unpredictable world? And the second one is, I'm going to ask, where is God's hand in this? We're getting to that. I don't want to go there. I'd rather not answer that one, but we have to hit it. So let's go first. How do I live? This bloke, this preacher, this old wise king, he gives us an answer. And he finds it in verse 7. So chapter 9, verse 7 of Ecclesiastes, after going, what's the point? What's the point? He goes, here's the point. He goes, verse 7, go. Go. Eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved for what you do. Let your garments always be white. That's not easy, anyway. Let oil be lacking, not be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love, all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil. We're gonna to break this apart. I'm going to hit a couple of words up. But basically, here's the first thing. that How do I live? Here's the first thing. There is a word in there, and I hope that you caught it. Go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved for what you do. The time is now. The NIV has now. Live life now. There is a danger in living life in the past and living life in the future. I tend to sometimes look to the past. Do you ever do that? How good was preschool? Do you guys remember preschool? I love preschool. I was like, preschool was awesome. All I had to worry about was nap time, all right, and racing to that sand pit. It was awesome. But I don't forget that I had... I forget that it wasn't always awesome, was it? I had no independence whatsoever. I was complete right on mum and dad, everything like that. It didn't matter. Like, so it was awesome, but it wasn't. Then I go, oh, high school. good was high school. I wasn't working. The hardest part of life was having an assignment. It was the best. I just had all my mates my own age around me. good was high school. But you forget puberty. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm watching it every day at that school, and it's hilarious. Watching kids just go, oh do that one, they're trying to flirt, they don't know how to flirt yet, their bodies are changing, alright, stuff's happening, boys are getting snail trails, they don't know what that is, alright, puberty was horrible, it's horrible, but you forget that, you go high school, it wasn't always that good, I look back and I go how good was uni, uni was the best, all I did was I just surfed, I went to class when I wanted, uni was the best, I didn't have responsibility, but I forgot that I didn't have any money, And I couldn't do a thing. I actually, I couldn't travel when I wanted. I couldn't, so it wasn't always good. Or as I, um, perhaps you're a little bit older and you go, how good was 25? My body was healthy, everything was good. Yeah, but you forget how hard having a mortgage was or having young kids was. Like, it's dangerous to look into the past. Ecclesiastes 7.10, he goes, be careful of nostalgia. It wasn't as good as you think it was. You never look back and go, how bad was that? You, you, we can never see the bad. But the flip side is the future as well. Let's just live in the future. Oh, when I get that, that'll be better. There's this girl at my school, her name's um, Amanda, and she, she was awesome. She said, when she was single, she couldn't wait to have a boyfriend. And she finally got the boyfriend. She was like, yes, now I'm happy. She goes, oh, but now I really wish you were engaged. She couldn't wait till he proposed. All right, so he proposes. She goes, yes, I'm engaged. But then she got engaged, she goes, oh man, this engagement stuff, planning a wedding, I just can't wait till we get married. She gets married. Then her and her husband having fun, she goes, man, it would really fulfill my life more if I just had a child. You know I mean? Just one, not ten, just a child. And then she gets a child and she looks back and she goes, how good was being single sometimes. <laughs> she says that. And she goes, it's not that I don't enjoy, but she, she was always looking to the future and she missed out on the now. She missed out on the now we can actually enjoy we can actually do something and this guy says this preacher goes don't miss out on the now even right now you thinking about lunch i do that all the time in church this thing i even hear it right now you won't be meeting in this building forever with its cool black interior with the lights, sitting on a chair, with the people around you. Don't miss this. That's his first thing. He says now, 9 verse 7. But here's how you do the now well. And this is in chapter 9 verse 9. And it's also in 519. But it says, verse 9. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has... And there's a word there. Given you. He has given you. And in chapter five, verse nineteen, Ecclesiastes is always talking about everything is the gift of God. Gift. See, you can see life as gift. Other people don't. Some people don't. They see life as I'm entitled to that. Or I want to try and get that. I want you to think about Christmas when you were five. Do you remember Christmas when you were five? I'm trying to remember. I can't even barely remember it. But how exciting was it? Do you remember that? You go, oh man, what am I going to get? How good is it? Do you know what I mean? But now, it's still cool. but It's not the same where I'm, I get a gift at Christmas, but I know I'm getting Or I know I expect a gift because it's Christmas. One of my mates gave me a snowboard out of the blue. Now, if he had told me, if I had got told I was getting a Christmas, uh, a Christmas gift, a snowboard at Christmas time, I'd be like, that's awesome, that's awesome. But they're out of the blue, I didn't expect it. I wasn't entitled for it, I wasn't trying to gain it. And there's something about seeing everything in life as a gift. I'll show you which one it's like. And this is a real story from last week. Watch where I move on stage, hopefully pick up the difference. It's 3 30, Thursday afternoon. Lydia, you know, two days earlier, I've had a hernia operation, I've just been in surgery. I'm really sore. I'm at home. My girlfriend comes over. She wants to go to the beach. A two minute walk takes me 12. I'm walking like an old man. I'm disappointed that it's, I'm actually a little bit of pain. I can't do the things I love. We get to the beach. I get there, it's onshore. It's onshore, it's windy. I'm dreaming, I, I can't go for a swim. I'm not allowed my girlfriend's there, but the hair's blowing her hair around. Doesn't look too cool. <laughs> far out. Can't do the things. I like remember last week, far out. I remember surfing and, and like, you're going to the gym. It was really cool. And oh, I actually think, man, in six weeks time, I feel a lot better. But far out, right now, man, if only I had that. Or, it should be better. I'm, I'm 34. I should be doing this now. It happens when you're 60. 3.30, Thursday, Avo. I've got the day off work. <laughs> um, I walk down to the beach. I live close to the beach, did I tell you that? And uh, it's quite nice living there. Um, look, it takes me ages to walk. I'm in a bit of pain, but I'm like, how good is it I get to relax and chill at the beach. And I've got a girlfriend. That's a miracle if you know me, which is beautiful. <laughs> and we're lying there, and we're actually... Just, and I, I see that it's a really hot day, and there's an onshore wind, and it's quite nice because it cools me down. And I get, don't get too hot. Um, and I see the wind in my girlfriend's now and she looks like a model because it's just blowing in the wind. It's really, really cool. <laughs> it's really, really nice. And, and we sit there and I, I stop and I, I want... I'm tempted to look at the past or dream about the future, but... I just go... This is a rare time in life where we're both not working. I feel her soft hand on my clipped stomach. And it's nice. I've got time to pause think and relax enjoy that we're not moving too fast what a gift hey now I just described the exact same scenario but one I'm thinking about I wish I was here I think should be like this but the other one it is all a gift it's the random present not I expect a present on Christmas Day God has designed this life not in one big linear line to accomplish but in cycles and seasons and in every season there is a beauty every season there is a gift even right now find it how do you live in unpredictability live now seeing life as a gift from God how do you live life in unpredictability live now and see life as a gift from God now I have problems with this though maybe you're thinking what I'm thinking I was like what 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 now are you serious? And, and just enjoy, like, food and wine. and what, what, what about prayer? It's so spiritual. What about Bible study or gospel community groups? We need to wait in a minute. What about church? He didn't say go to church. Do we, we not go to church? What about thinking, man, what about generosity? And Oh, well, that sounds too materialistic. Live now. Are you serious? Here's the thing. If you see life as a gift from God, he enjoys it when you play with his gifts. My mum is a gift giver. That's her love language, man. All right? She loves it. And um, I can really disappoint her sometimes. She gives me shirts, nice, clean, ironed shirts. And for some reason, and I, they just end up hung up on the floor. Nothing depresses her more. And, she's not, and it doesn't depress, it just, she does, doesn't say anything. She goes... But I tell you what, if mum sees me with a shirt that she's bought me and I've ironed it and I'm wearing it to a nice occasion and she can tell that I feel that I'm looking good, all right, and she'll get, oh, you look so handsome. I'm like, oh mum, stop, keep going though. <laughs> but I can see it, she's chuffed. She, she likes it when, I'm in, when I've, I've treated it well and I'm enjoying it. It actually gives her great joy. And same with God. When we're enjoying his gifts in the right way, with the shirts not on the floor crumpled up, but we're enjoying fashion, it's cool to look good. It feels nice. So use it. That's the. Idea. But you can abuse it. It can end up on the floor. You can make it your life. You can worship it, and it will tear you apart. And God doesn't take joy in that. Enjoy alcohol. You can enjoy alcohol, but you can abuse it as well. Alcohol can give a nice, clingy feeling after one wine. Great. That's what it's designed for. But you can abuse it too. Sex it can unite a husband and wife like nothing else, but it can be abused. Food. It's awesome. Enjoy taking pictures of it and doing little patterns, whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? It can be enjoyed, but it can be abused. It can be made really unhealthy. You can. Money. Excellent. Money is awesome. You can buy nice things. That's a great thing. You can help other people out. You can worship it. It can tear you apart. But when we're using these things right, when we're wearing the shirt nice, ironing the shirt, God is stoked and it gives him pleasure. I have a missionary couple who got given a bottle of wine for their anniversary and they sold it for $45 to give to the poor. The person who sent them the wine was not happy because they go, you're missing God's gifts to you. You're allowed to enjoy a wine together. Enjoy God's gifts now. He delights in it. But one more problem with that, yeah? I go, all right, so I'm doing now, I get that. I'm seeing these are God's gifts and he's getting joy. But just now, what about the Bible? Doesn't the Bible say like, think about heaven, think about eternity? Doesn't it think like that? Doesn't it throw like, oh, it's a temporary world, don't worry. Well, yeah, it does. This isn't the only text in the whole Bible. You need to think about eternity. Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes said that in a couple of chapters ago. You need to, think hard, think. He's thinking, the rhetoric function is he's thought so hard and he's done and once you've done the hard thinking, enjoy. And here's the thing about your joy. You know the end of the story. This is so embarrassing. I love Smallville, okay? Smallville is this show from, like, I don't know, a couple of years ago, whatever. And it's a story about, because like, I love Superman. He's such a jock, all right? You think so cool. And, um, and Smallville is a story of, like, Clark Kent when he's young. And I thought, yeah, I'll watch his show. It'll be one, two, three seasons. It went for ten seasons. I had to keep watching because I want to see how he became Superman. But here's the thing about me watching, you know, Clark. He's such a jock. He looks so good. He's six foot five, big jaw. So jealous. Anyway. <laughs> let's not talk about that. But I'm watching it, and here's the thing, because I know he becomes Superman. Every time he loses his power, I go, I never go, oh, no, he lost his powers, because I know he's going to become Superman. I go, oh, no, Clark's stuck in a cave. I'm not anxious. Do you know what I mean? I'm just not. And that's the thing with the Bible. I know the end. I know Jesus has saved us. I know he's coming back. I know there will be no more tears, says in Revelation 21, 4, 22, There's going to be a new heaven, new earth. And the thing that I don't have to freak out about, I'm going to get ultimate joy there. And that helps me because I know the end. I don't have to be anxious here. Like watching Smallville, I'm actually not anxious. I can actually have more joy. So yes, think. Think hard. But once you've done it, now, gift under God. There's one problem though. Let me answer this second one. Well the first one is how do we live? I go, live life as a gift from God now. There's a problem and it's in verse one. Can I get nine verse one up, please? There's a word in there that I don't like, a phrase. When he says, But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise in their deeds are in the hand of God. In the hand of God. Everything is in God's hand. Now that might give you comfort. You go, yay, I'm in God's hand." Paris, was that in God's hand? Death, disease, cancer, anxiety. Is that in God's hand? Now I wanted to skip this part. I really, really want to skip this part. And can I get nine verse 11 up, please as well? Because here's the problem: If I was God, if I was God, this would not be happening. Look at this. I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happened to them all, for man does not know his time." Now, if I was God, that would not be happening. I'm like, all right, you do good. You have integrity. Yeah? You're generous. You know what? You should be treated well. Things should happen nicely. Don't you reckon? And for people who are nasty and gossip and are discouraging, good on them. I think rubbish should happen to them. If I was God, I love karma. That would, wouldn't that be nice? It makes sense, doesn't it? You know, I look around the world and that's not happening. You and I both know it's not happening. And I have a problem with that. Because that's not how I'd run the world. I'd run it very differently. Where is God's hand in all that stuff if he's really behind it? Because you get verses like Romans 8.28, oh God works for the good of those who love him. I'm like, yay, he works for my good. Works for your good. What is good? I asked my U7 math students, is homework good? What do you think they said? It's evil. <laughs> But I'm like, no, it's good. When I was a kid growing up, I got made to eat my vegetables. I'm like, this is evil. Mum goes, this is good. I go, can I have apple pie for dinner? That sounds good. She goes, no, that's not good. And here's the thing. Good is such a loaded term. When you hear that God is good, Good, and his hand is doing good, that is a loaded term. You've put your version of good on there. You know what I love about that metaphor with my mum? Is that, as a kid, I just thought, this is, but I have this much information about what's good, don't I? I don't know the nutrients of vegetables, I don't have a clue. But mum knew more. She knew more. And I'm glad that she made me eat my vegetables. Because she knew more, she had a bigger version of what good is. Now let's go with God for a second. I want to take you to a place 2,000 years ago with Jesus and his disciples. If you don't know that story, well, you've got a picture that these disciples are going, yes, it's good. Jesus is here. He's maybe a little bit magic. He's doing miracles, and that's cool. And he's going to come, and he's going to take Rome and get rid of them. And in Israel, he's going to be king. We're going to be a great nation. We're going to stop being oppressed. They go, that's good. And then all of a sudden, they find themselves... some at the foot of a cross, some at a distance, looking up at their master and their king. And I wanted to look on their faces. Do you reckon they were going, ha, that's good. Imagine this, what, what? Puzzlement or sadness, they're going, this isn't good. Go do the good thing that we've asked you to do. Become king of Israel. Do that thing. But I picture Jesus' face, looking down, breathing hard, sweating. And if he could respond to that, imagine him saying something like, This is good. You don't have a clue what's going on right now. King of Israel, 2,000 years ago, you're thinking this big but I'm thinking forever and worldwide. It's good. Trust me. I love you, I'm doing this for you. I love that. They didn't think that was good, but God is bigger and he knows more and he's loving in that moment and he gets it. He understands what death feels like. He had an earthly father who died. He knows grief, you know? He knows what hard seasons are like where he wasn't eating well, he was on the road. He knows rejection, he lost his best friends, he knows betrayal, he knows emotional pain, he knows physical pain. He's not detached, he's not up there going in his hand. (laughs) No. No. Maybe we're all a little bit like me and my mum. We're all still little children and we don't have all the answers. Maybe we're a little bit like the disciples. And guys, I look at things of what happened to Viv. I look at things in all of our lives. I look at Paris and I go, that's not good. And fair enough, you shouldn't. But this is what I do when I get to these seasons now. Whatever season you're in, when the good comes, when the bad comes, I know to take a step back and think about that cross. To go, all I'm going to do in this unpredictable, fleeting life is see everything as a gift from God and know, and know that he knows more than me and his definition of good is better. So as you leave this place, whatever season you're in, it's going to end. Whether it's good, it's going to end. Whether it's bad, it's going to end. It always does. Enjoy now as a gift from God in his big, all-knowing, powerful, loving, not detached, but compassionate hand. We're going to have a chance to respond. There's going to be a thing called the Lord's Supper. If you're you're new and it doesn't happen to you, like you're not comfortable with this, and that's okay, but just up the front there's pieces of bread and there's grape juice that you can dip it in, and that's just a sign to actually hit the pause button right now and say thanks that... You did that on the cross. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that you rescued me. Thank you that you give me joy in beautiful things here. Thank you that it's a gift. And remember that. And hit the pause button. That's going to be happening as the worship team comes up. But as they do, I'm just going to pray for us. Father, right now, we just want to hit the pause button. And reflect on who you are. And how good you are. How all well knowing you are. Thank you that you don't run the universe according to our limited knowledge. But we cry out to you for those who are in hard seasons. Things don't make sense, and thank you that we can come and cry to you. But Lord, thank you so much for the gifts that you give us. You made them, you know how they work. Help them to use them right. Help us to enjoy the people around us now, the things that we've got, the fashion, the money. Where we are in this world, the safety, the peace, the work, help us to be people of joy now. Help us to pause right now. And thank you that we know the end of the story, that we will be joyful with you one day, face to face, and have ultimate joy. Amen.